Welcome back, Gregor. Connor Halley with you. Sports 1440. It is the uh, Jason Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where you can go all in on excitement to get a $50 free bet when you use the promo code SPORTS50 for first-timers. Try to, or if sports isn't your thing, casino. You can use a promo code uh, casino50 as well. So uh, check it out, PlayAlberta.ca. If you do gamble, stay within your limits. Use your game sense. Go to gamesense.ab.ca. A, the uh, Edmonton orders jetted out today to uh, Tampa Bay. Now, they don't play until Saturday, but uh, long trip. They want to get out there early, so they'll be uh, sleeping in their hotel bed tonight and tomorrow before the game, so uh, maybe be a little bit more well-rested. Obviously, there's lots of studies on this that, that makes a little bit more sense for the long ones. Now, if you're playing in Minnesota on Saturday, you likely to practice at home today and then flew out tomorrow is usually how it goes. Much shorter flight, obviously only one time zone, so that's a factor for the uh, Oilers. They actually do have an extra D-man and an extra Ford on this uh, road trip. I would expect... Connor Brown will get the green light to go on Saturday. I'll be curious though what the lines are. Now, I don't if it's me, I'm not starting Brown in the third line, on the fourth line. I'm sorry, I'm not. I think he's better suited on the third line with uh, McLeod and Fogel than Derek Ryan is. So, I think Derek Ryan, you know, win some faceoffs, kill some penalties, do some other stuff on your fourth line, no problem, but uh, that's how I would start it. If I was Knobloch, we'll see what he does. And then eventually, I think, in a few games, you're likely going to see Brown back on the uh, top line with Connor McDavid. I think that's eventually what's going to happen. So we'll find out. Uh, it is time for the uh, Spec Report, brought to you by GS Construction, where uh, they are planning big 50th celebration. Actually, I ran into Rand and many of the, uh, the fellas from uh, GS last night at the game, and a uh, huge, big uh, party plan. 50 years, man. It's an amazing uh, story uh, in the... Uh, and the Sandwith family to start that company and grow out. And guess what? Do you want to work for them? This is the perfect time. You can get hired. You're working for the company just in time for the big 50 bash. Unreal timing for you. So go to Indeed.com and look up GS Construction. Uh, Spec is uh, flying today. So we actually pre-taped this uh, a little bit earlier this afternoon, right before the show started. Obviously, nothing was going to change from the time uh, we spoke at around uh, 1.40 today. And so uh, here's the conversation with Spec and I today. Spec, it was not the prettiest game last night, but uh, there's been some games this year, Winnipeg, Dallas, a few others where the Oilers probably deserve to win based on how they played. And last night, they really had a bad 12 minutes in the second period. But the rest of the game was was all right. Uh, they come back. It's probably a good emotional boost. What do you take away from last night? Yeah, you know, you're right. When you mention those other games, like the the fancy stat dudes, you know, they've got terms for all of this now, regressing to the mean and, and you know, the PDO that's going to even out in the end and all that. But us regular hockey guys just say that, you know, what comes around goes around, <laughs> right? When when you have three or four games that they played where you outshoot a team 40 to 18 and lose, you know, I don't care what happened in that game. That's really just crappy luck for the most part and you're going to get some of those back and last night Edmonton collected one of those games they weren't the better team the whole game they were maybe even for less than half the game were they the better team Jay but you know what the hockey gods kind of smiled on them and their shooting percentage got a little higher and their PDO probably is better not that I would know how to calculate that but uh, they got one back right and that's the way it goes you're going to get a couple back eventually hey if you don't play good it, you can't rely on luck 
but they had a little luck coming, didn't they? A little bit, yeah. PDO is pretty simple. It's just combined uh, save percentage on ice and on ice shooting percentage, uh, both of them at once. And uh, I don't really think it's it's that difficult. It's only for five on five, though. So it's one element of the game. And, uh, <laughs> yep. and you could ask the orders last year at Canucks this year, hey, special teams matters. And when your special teams is good, like we saw oh, yeah. on Monday for the orders, two power play goals, it makes a, a huge difference. Uh, Stuart huge. Skinner, it's funny. When, when you did, you know what? Uh, when, when you're not faced with a barrage of, of rush chances and uh, your goalie gets some confidence and makes a save early, uh, now all of a sudden you're in the game. And that's three consecutive games now, three wins for Stuart Skinner. I think his save percentage is 965 in those three games. Uh, he looks a lot more comfortable right now. Yeah, and giving you, you know, you, 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 sometimes a goalie stands on his head and steals game for you. And that's awesome. But there again, that's if you're, if you're waiting around and counting on that, you know, you're not going to get enough of those that you can make the playoffs based on one great goalie. You know, more often you get a goalie that makes all the saves he's supposed to make and then at a timely moment snags that glove save that he made last night with about however many minutes left, right? Four minutes left or something. That puck goes in, it's game over, you know? So that's what he's given you. He's given you all the saves. You know, the goals that are going in, we're not looking at them going, oh, man, how did that get in? They're generally well-earned good goals. And then he steals a couple, and, you know, you can outscore that performance. You can't outscore the performances we were getting earlier in the year where they were scoring on the ones that were supposed to go in, and they were scoring on one or two that weren't supposed to go in. You can't outscore that. But they could outscore last night. He gave a chance, and the team grabbed that chance, and what the heck, turned it into two points. Yeah, it was big. Mark Spector joins us from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, it was interesting last night, and I really have, you know what, what I've liked about Knobloch so far, Spec, is he's he's willing to explain why he made a move. Right now, it's early, it's only a few games, but you know he talked about, okay, this is why I switched. Uh, he, he didn't plan on switching the lines, but uh, McDavid, Hyman, and uh, Drysaddle became a line due to uh, special teams, and so he got him out as a trio, which will happen after face or after penalty kills or power plays. I get it. And they scored. So then he's like, oh, geez, now we got some life, and he stuck with it. The problem was it didn't work because the orders got outscored 3-1. to one. Now, it wasn't like that line got beat up on or anything like that, but to me, it'll be interesting to see if the next game, because there will be times and shifts where 97 and, and uh, 29 play together, no question. I think he'd be a dumb coach not to do it here or there, out, you know, out of timeouts or certain things like that, final yeah, of minute of, a, of an offensive of zone faceoff or such. But if they score the next time, I don't think he'll keep them together. Well, you know, listen, It's uh, our, our young friend Tyler Uremchuk had a tweet last night when they changed the lines up, and he said, hey, he's four and a half periods in, he changed the lines, what do you think? And I tweeted him back, I said, he's coaching a hockey team. Like, that's what coaches do, you know. Uh, not specific to 97 and 29, it's up to coaches to read the room and look at their lines and say, man, this combination, we're halfway through the game and not much going on here. So what does a coach do if he just sits? I mean, sometimes it's time to hold your cards and stick with your hand. I get it. But other times it's not. And I'll tell you what, in the end, we, we you know, ask Jay Woodcroft about this. We judge coaches in hindsight. We, we're judging Chris Knobloch's performance last night on whether they won or not. And they won, and mm-hmm. his work with the Lions contributed to them winning. And, and listen, you, you got to change the Lions around in mid-game. Hell, Daryl Sutter gave it about eight minutes, and he started shuffling his deck. 
So this guy's got a lot more patience than that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. You can't just sit there and say roll lines all the time. I think he'll go back to, but I do have a question for you. Connor okay. Brown is close to returning. I think he's going to play on Saturday. So okay. where do you put Brown in the lineup? Well, where do I put him? I, I mean, I work him in in my bottom six. Let's start there. Okay. He doesn't jump in in my top six. Jumps in in my bottom six. Uh, so, you know, what do I like? Do I like him? I know they've got Derek Ryan on that third line. And to me, uh, and I don't take this as an insult, but Derek Ryan is a classic fourth-line player for me. The things he brings to the table are fourth-line things. He's a good player. I like him on my fourth line. But he's a fourth-line player. So I guess my answer to you is he, with Holloway not there anymore, I go Fogel left wing, McLeod in the middle, and Brown on the right wing, and that's how I play my third line. How about you? That's a fair point. I, I think eventually he's in your top six. Um, I don't see Sam Gagne as a top six forward oh, long no. term for your team. So, uh, and I don't eventually. see I don't eventually, see, but not right away. Yeah, eventually, maybe not the first game. But you know what? Brown prior to tweaking his groin. Those last five games, he played really well. And you know, it's unfortunate for him. I know everybody looks his next game is going to be the bonus. and, and people, But don't take it oh, out whatever. on Brown about his bonus. And I get that next year it might be. But you know what? You can't worry about next year all the time. you got to be aware of it. But the fact of the matter is they're not sending him to the minors and just throwing away no. Connor Brown after nine games. like That, that to me, is a knee-jerk reaction. Because I still think Connor Brown's a better winger than a lot of the other guys in your NHL roster when he's going. And yeah, he didn't score, but if you look at all the numbers, he, he was actually, and then if you go the eye test, I thought Connor Brown's last five games, he played quite well. So, uh, good news is he didn't re-aggravate his knee. This was a groin issue, right? He kind of tweaked his groin, yeah. thought maybe there was some compensation, everything going on, body movement, blah, blah, blah. So, I would play him on the third, but that's the one guy spec that I don't think it's going to take me very long for him to be on McDavid's right wing. No, I think you're right. And, and I mean, let's revisit that, right? We, everybody sort of panics. People pan- And I get fans, they panic. Their team's 2-9-1. and one. As a sports writer, I was, you know, kind of panicking too, <laughs> right? It wasn't supposed to go like that. But think back on Connor Brown. The guy's coming off an ACL. The good news was the ACL was like 12 months ago, not four months ago. So we knew it was going to take time. Everybody who's been around sports knows a guy needs time to get it all together when you come back off a serious injury. That 10-game thing, to me, me, they, they acquired Connor Brown for the second half of the season. If he's Connor Brown, the guy that we're talking about, if he's the player we want for the last 40 games, I don't care about the first 40 games. We weren't supposed to be caring so much about these games because the Oilers were supposed to be winning at a 650 pace and right at the top of their division and life was supposed to be easy here. Now all of a sudden they're losing and we're panicking on Connor Brown. Connor Brown's just being the guy they signed. And I'm here to tell you, and I think you'd agree, Jay, if he plays and he stays healthy, he's going to be a real good player in the last half of the season in the playoffs. That's what they signed him for. Don't panic on this guy. Let it play out. Mark Spector joins us from uh, Roger Sports. I would agree that they can't panic on him. And 
Right. And, you know, last night I think was a prime example of, you know, the good of Evan Bouchard and the frustration of Evan Bouchard. The good is when he has the puck on his stick, his offensive zone plays uh, yeah. were very good. He probably should have had another assist right after the Kane assist where he put a great shot right, shot pass right on Nugent Hopkins' stick and he just deflected it wide of the wide open net. Would have tied the game then. But, you know, Evan Bouchard has been really good with the puck this year. Um, it's just, he's, I think people just have to get their head around. Evan Bouchard is never going to be the stalwart defensive crusher. It's not, it's just a matter of can he get back to playing the way he did in the postseason? I thought in the playoffs last year, Evan Bouchard was fine for what he is. I don't expect him to be Shea Weber. I don't expect him to be Matthias Ekholm defensively, right? Right. Oh, totally, man, totally. But I think that the, I think he set himself a standard though last year, down the stretch and in the playoffs, a very capable defensive play. You know, he's going to defend you more. First of all, don't forget he's a big kid, right? Like, is he six two? He's got good size. Like, he has the ability to to take control of his crease. He's not he's not an overtly physical player, and I get all that, and I don't expect him to. So he needs to survive on the back end and thrive on the front end. And last night was a great example. Like he his offense is the reason Eminem got back in that game and won the game. Uh, but you still say, remember, son, you're still a defenseman, and the time comes when you're eight years old, and you got to you know he's got to show us that level he showed us last year, where he's a little more responsible. He clears his front of his net. He, you know, guys aren't deflecting pucks right in front of him. That kills me watching that. He'll get there. I'm telling you, he's done it before. He'll get there. It's frustrating to watch him get there, Jay. But I think he'll get there. And as you point out, his offensive work is so good that he only has to be so good on the back end, and we're all going to love this player, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's fair. Um, Stu Skinner, three wins in a row now. Speck, uh, are you still saying, hey, you know what, I'm just going to run him all four if he plays yep. well? I am. I mean, unless I see signs of, of him getting tired. You know, like, you know, it's hard to say, predict something like this is a nine-day road trip. Don't ask me to predict who's starting nine days from now. But if I see a goalie that's not getting tired, that's making his saves, that's holding him to, you know, 2.5 a night, uh, I don't see any reason why we should look at a very young goaltender who doesn't have a lot of miles on him and say, oh, he can't play four in a row. <laughs> I hope he can play four in a row because that would be a sign of maturation. He struggled in the playoffs last year playing. What did he play? Didn't he not, did they not play 12 playoff games, Jay? Yep. And he, he started every one, and I think we'd all agree his game kind of was on a, a steady sort of a downhill Thing. I thought he was tired, and they should have given Campbell a start along the way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, so let's see what happens here. I, I'm not, like I say, I'm not telling you who to start in Washington. There's three games before that, but uh, I'm starting him in Tampa, and if I like his game, I'm starting him in Florida, and let's take it from there, man. I don't. He's a young guy. He can play some hockey. You look at this Tampa Bay, and uh, one last one before we let go. Matt Tompkins, yeah. a really cool former Sherwood Park Crusader, you know, grinded it out. Actually oh, was in right? Europe last year and uh, now got into the NHL. I wonder if we see Tompkins on uh, on Saturday, if John Cooper maybe goes with the kid to play against his kind of childhood team. I don't know. That's a good question, you know. I, I don't know the answer to your question, but here's what I do know. Uh, John Cooper is really, really in tune with things like that. 
he's a people person. He's a player coach. He knows when guys are playing against the team they grew up cheering for. He knows when the parents are in the stands, all those sorts of things. He's the kind of guy that would consider that. Uh, I like him a lot. And, I, I mean, who doesn't like John Cooper as a coach? Holy cow, his record's pretty good. So let's hope, right? Let's hope. It'd be fun to see a Sherwood Park Crusader in that, uh, <laughs> that hockey game Saturday afternoon, man. In fact, if I, if I get a chance to see him, there won't be a morning skate, so I probably won't. But uh, if I do, I'll go shake his hand on behalf of Sports 1440 and tell him, welcome to the league. <laughs> well, he's coming on the show tomorrow, actually. So uh, we look forward oh, to having Yeah, yeah, we'll have him on oh, the good. show tomorrow. So, uh, you know, right. I think it's a pretty cool story, man. There's, you know, he's got a lot of buddies, probably a lot of people that, that saw him. And I, I don't care who you are. It's always exciting to see someone fulfill their dream, uh, especially when someone grinds it out a little bit longer than most. Oh, man, are you kidding? And you know what? Like, I think I preface this by saying I'm not trying to take a bunch of credit or sound smart, but I think we learned something the other day when I asked that rather innocuous question to Chris Knobloch I said, you know, who's helped you get here? Who's the people that, that helped you along the way? And, oh, my God, he got choked up. He was so emotional. And yes. You know what? Every guy in the league can answer that question. That's why I ask it. I've asked it many times. And guys love that question generally because it gives them a chance to think back of all the people that helped you. Mom and dad drove me to the rink and my coach and my teammate and, oh, my God, this trainer. And, like, everyone has all those guys. And Tompkins got them, too, you know. And Noah Gregor has them, too, I guarantee you, that people that he wouldn't be there without. So it's a, it's it's cool. It's a cool part of the game. And that's why I asked the question, right, because I, I love to find out from each guy who are the people that helped get them there. For sure. Spec, fly safe. Thanks for this. Uh, we will chat with you tomorrow. All right, brother. Looking forward to it. There you go. That was Mark Spector. We uh, pre-taped that prior to the show. Um, not that it's still very timely because uh, the fl- orders were flying, so not much had changed. Uh, when we return, big games coming up. Who doesn't like big games? There's always some big games, especially when it involves the red and white of Canada. We'll discuss it next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation YouTube presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you're having an awesome day. As you make your way home, please turn your lights on. Just put it to that auto, okay? And then your lights will always be on, more so your rear lights, and then everybody can see it because, of course, it's, what, 5.30 and it's dark out already. The, uh, the wonders of living in Alberta in November. But that's all right. There's lots we like. The ODR will open up soon. Sick. Get lots more skiing, sledding in. Let's do it. Need a little snow. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I want the snow. Let's bring it on. Bring it on. Also, I'll bring on a little uh, footy talk now as we go to the footy report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home to no payments, no interest. For one full year, stay warm all winter. Don't wait. LegacyHeating.ca from One Soccer. Gareth Wheeler joins us once again. Uh, Gareth, uh, welcome uh, back to the show, my man. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's coming up at a big time again. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the, men, the the national men's soccer team, obviously, it's a little bit of state of flux. We don't know really what's going on, anything like that. Uh, I, I think it'd be safe to say there's a little dysfunction right now at the, at the national level. But that doesn't mean the game stopped playing. And they got a big game tomorrow in the Copa Americas. So I guess let's start with the game. And then I want to get your thoughts on kind of an overview of the program right now. Yeah, it's one. First of all, it's great to be on Uh, the new Jason Greger show never looks so good. And I think it's timely me joining you today as it was literally two years ago today 
at the Azteca in your wonderful city of Edmonton. Yes. Canada to Mexico won like a legendary night in Canadian soccer. Honestly, one that one of my favorite experiences that I've actually actually covered. I think it was that night that dude with like no shirt in his ditch, like (laughs) got tackled into the boards (laughs) as well. Like, so, so many good memories and, you know, pictures that will last a lifetime, right? Um, It's going to be a little bit different as Canada is playing Jamaica tomorrow (laughs) night in the first of two, but a tropical storm is en route to Kingston, Jamaica. So maybe we could call it the wet Tekka or something like that, because they're expecting about a hundred millimeters of rain over the next 24 hours. Uh, So the conditions won't be great, but you're right. Big games. uh, The first of two to qualify for this new Copa America competition. That's going to be going on next summer in the United States and a chance to play uh, against the likes of Lionel Messi in Argentina, Brazil, and the best teams in South America. So the stakes are very high, and I think you're absolutely right in saying it, for a program that is in absolute flux right now. Yeah, let's go there. Like, How difficult is this game tomorrow when you consider kind of, you know, like, who's running the show? Um, the players, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a good question. Uh, with John Herbman stepping away a few months ago, yeah. Moro Biello, an experienced guy, really good guy as well in Canadian soccer. He's taken the reins, but everything right now in terms of Canada soccer is temporary. Yeah. Um, the entire leadership team, even members of the board of directors have come and gone. Uh, from two years ago, it's a completely different C-suite of, of senior executives within Canada soccer. They've, they've virtually all left and so new people are still coming in including the general secretary who's kind of the individual that reports into the board and oversees kind of the business operations and kind of the the direction of Canada soccer as well Uh, the board of directors are in in the process of hiring who that is and then after the general secretary is hired they will then go on and hire a new head coach of the program so in the meantime, Biello is part of Herbin's staff. There's familiarity there. He wants to change things in a certain in certain ways. But really, this comes down to the players. Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Stephanie Eustachio, Tejon Buchanan, like these players that did so well to qualify for the World Cup. It's kind of on them right now to show what they can do collectively as a unit as Canada Soccer waits to see what this next step looks like. Yeah, so... When do you feel like, regardless of the games, and we'll get back to the game in a second, but how how much urgency is there, to, you know, to get a coach full time in place? And is that even possible? Like, would any coach even take this job full time, knowing all the uncertainty? I think it's a great job to tell you the truth. It's it's very rare when a country gets the privilege to host a World Cup. And so you're going to be managing, you know, a first world country, uh, a great country who arguably hasn't reached its potential yet with some very good players and all, all the stories about the finances when it comes. Canada soccer is going to be able to afford and bring in a, a top manager if they elect to do so. It's just what do you want out of that individual? And I kind of say swing big, try to bring in the biggest manager possible to oversee this program over the next two years. After the World Cup in 2026, you can go in a different direction, maybe someone with an eye for the developmental side of things. But you want the biggest and best and most proven name to help pragmatically take this team through the next two years 
years and potentially some big games in the process, bring some cachet back to this programming and, and get it back on track. Uh, you know, some underreported stories, you know, Canada took advantage of this $5 million that was offered to everyone, uh, every FIFA federation, basically, uh, you know, tax-free or um, what's the best way, interest-free money that they're just kind of sitting on right now, figuring out how it works best. There's money there to be had. The problem was before under John Herdman, um, <laughs> the Canadian Soccer Association had very much a spending problem. Um not just in terms of what they bring in, but very much a spending problem. So that's had to be reined in. But I think if you're going to spend on something, it's going to be getting the right manager. So look, we'll see what kind of big names come around in January, who they hire to kind of oversee this program and whether some trains of thought aligned here. But I really think that it's an opportunity to bring in the best and the brightest, at least over the course of the short term. Gareth Wheeler joins us on Sports 1440. So now let's get to the matchup versus Jamaica. What kind of lineup is Canada uh, gonna gonna feel tomorrow, and and how big of a factor is you know the lineup in a game like this gonna be? Should be strong. Uh, Davies is there. I mean, he's the catalyst. It's like where he plays is more of a conversation rather than if he plays. You know, is he a defender? Is he a, a, yeah. an attacker? Um, and kind of figuring out how the team works around him. So this is going to be just about as strong as strong of a Canadian side that we've seen in some time. They played in the Gold Cup in July. It was kind of like a second team. Then they've only played one game since. One friendly against Japan, which aired at about 4.30 a.m. local time in Edmonton. I mean, it's been a forgettable and disappointing four or five months, if we're going to be honest, around this program. So we'll see what they look like all coming back together. Biello named a team that's very similar to the team that played in Edmonton two years ago, and he's going to lean into that experience. And I think there's merit in it. Like, I, I don't care what sport you follow. Everyone wants to know what the, the, the new players look like with the next generation and how things get better in a two-game situation like this, I just think you need to go with tried, tested, and true, and that's what they've gone with here. Where do you think he's best? Like, to me, I, I don't want Alfonso Davies playing on the back end for me. Yeah. What about you? I've completely, I've completely flip flopped on this a number of times, but <laughs> I'm convinced that he's that he's better, just like you, Jason. He's better playing an attack, and I think that that's where he wants to play for the national team. Yes. And if you have flair, excellent players like that, I think you need to take take advantage of their attacking prowess and the speed and what he brings to the table. So I'm with you on that. Because to me, I think when you put him on defense. You're essentially sending the message to your team that we're going to try to win by defense first. And, and the reality is soccer is just like all sports. They're getting more offensive. NFL's got more offense. NHL's offense has come back up and look a lot of the games in soccer, man. There's more goals now. Like you can't, I don't think Canada's good enough to defend that tight all game and win one nil. Right. I just, I don't believe they are. I think you're right. And listen, with Bayern Munich, he's playing with like world-class center backs, like yeah. players that when he goes forward, he's very attack minded. They can cover that ground. That's not the way that it works with this Canadian men's national team. I prefer to play like an Atacubi or another player behind him that provides stability yeah. and allow Davies to do what he does best. Get out in transition and attack. Yeah. And you know, Canada's actually, I think they're their best asset. I think they've got some good young forwards now more. We've probably got the most talented group of scorers that we've ever had as a national program without question. So play to your strength. And so that to me, it was my one concern about, it. I'm like, Oh my goodness, they're going to put him and you know play him on defense. Yeah. Like number one, it's not what your best player wants. I'm not saying you let the players run everything, but certain players are different. And uh, to me, like if I'm him, I'm like, 
I, I think I'm better. I think I can help our team more if I'm playing attacking. So I hope they figure yeah. it out. And I think that this team plays its best when it's pressing, it's being aggressive defensively, not giving time and space, not kind of, you know, parking the bus or, or playing very defensive. They want to get out and create turnovers and play in transition. And <laughs> Alfonso Davies is one of the best players in the world when playing that way. So play to your strengths. We'll see. Bielo's kind of changes too. And he said initially when he came in that Alfonso Davies is a defender, but I think he's more of that left-sided player that can play a little bit forward. And if you need to at times, he can slide back and play. But I, I'm with you. I prefer him playing in attack. Yeah, 100%. Now, before I let you go, um, you're you're part of a, this cool promotion for any fans who are huge um, you know, soccer fans, uh, footy fans for, for all of our European listeners who, uh, who maybe want to go to Old Trafford to watch uh, Manchester yeah. uh, United. Tell me, how, how, can, how can any of our listeners get involved in that? I'm a huge Manchester United supporter, first and foremost. Like, they're my first love. I, my wife understands that as well. It's the way to be the legend contest. And it's for the first time through Castel, uh, Castellero del Diablo, a winemaker, great winemaker. They have a global partnership with Manchester United. And for the first time, they've opened up this contest for Canadians. So all you have to do is go to CastelleroManchester.com for your chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience, a VIP match day experience at the iconic Old Trafford. It's an amazing place. VIP match day. You get the kit, all your travel, Manchester United themed uh, activities throughout mm. uh, a, a prize pack worth almost $11,000. So Castellero Manchester.com is where you apply it. You can hopefully you go out and win it and you can take part in that incredible once in a lifetime experience. All right, cool. Uh, maybe we'll get you to tweet it out to uh, Connor and then we'll retweet it for any of our listeners in case they can't spell it. Cause awesome. I don't think I could spell that off the top of my head either. So that's, uh, <laughs> so that's cool. It'll be uh, much easier. So uh, Garrett quickly uh, for fun. Uh, what's your expectations? What do you see happening on the pitch tomorrow night? Well, we'll see. Uh, Canada haven't won in 35 years in Jamaica since 1988. What? Wow. So it's been a long time. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's, it's been very difficult traveling in CONCACAF. The, the, the weather, the climate, the, the pitch conditions, all that comes along with it. The good news is Canada hasn't lost at BMO Field in Toronto for the return leg. Uh, since 2010. They're on an incredible stretch there. So I think when you go down to Jamaica, you play not to lose and then take advantage of that home field advantage back up here on Tuesday night. So don't lose in Jamaica. It's going to be a tough one. But with the weather, honestly, Jason, it's something to follow. It's like a Category 2 tropical storm that's hitting them right now. And if the field's like wet and so it, it might be a little bit of a scrap, like a schoolyard fight. It might not be much football, but it'll be entertaining nonetheless. Awesome. Uh, Gareth, thanks so much, man. Good speaking to you again. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, congrats on this. Looking great, sounding great as usual. Thanks for having me on, guys. We appreciate it. Keep Annie in line for us, too. I know it's hard. So Yeah, uh, yeah. you try your best. Yeah, it's you difficult. Uh, very high maintenance. Very high maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Gareth. That is uh, Gareth Wheeler from uh, One Sock. How about that? Canada hasn't won in Jamaica since 1988. Well, hey, Joe's got in sometime. Tomorrow will be a good time to do it. Uh, 543, Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. We've got lots of texts to get to. 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Uh, we'll return with more as you're listening to the Jason Greger Show coming to you live from the E-Well studio. E-W-E-L. Let's see. You want uh, all your electrical uh, needs? They cover it all. And they can even help make your projects look better. E-Well.ca. 547, Greger Halley with you. Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And uh, for fun on the show every day, 
with uh, PlayAlberta.ca. We uh, do a wager. Uh, in in September was all right. We uh, we ended up in the in the positive, so uh, we were able to donate some uh, money to charity, which is nice. Uh, uh, October, no, no, that wasn't great. Uh, November has started out all right. We have uh, had a few. Uh, a few good ones hit. So uh, tonight they were like, oh, let's look at hey, the Vegas Golden Knights. They lost last game. Jeez, they're going to bounce back against Montreal, aren't they? Nope. They're uh, leading, uh, trailing. Uh, they outshoot them 16-5, to and they're losing 2-0. Um, hey, it happens. I got to look at the goals to see uh, how the goals were. I haven't seen them. I'm just uh, seeing the highlights, but uh, it's awesome. So, hey, not a great start, but uh, we'll see if they can uh, they can bounce back. We'll find out. Um other uh, scores, of course, uh, Red Wings lost to uh, Ottawa on overtime 5-4 in Sweden. Uh, no score, Columbus and Arizona after uh, 20 minutes. And the Penguins and the Devils also tied at 1 through 20 minutes. Uh, games, that if you're already looking at the standings, Canucks and Flames going at it tonight. Uh, the Islanders are in Seattle. That's a tough back-to-back for the Kraken. And uh, Florida is in L.A. for the late game. And well, also St. Louis, I guess that does matter. St. Louis eight five and one currently as a wild card team, so got to look for them as well. Taking on uh, the Sharks, who, uh, as we found out last Thursday, are not the guaranteed free space on the bingo card, and they can really screw your hair line up for quite some time. As the uh, we like to call, we've come up with a moniker for it: the Ring of Confidence. It's uh, it's growing. I don't love it. But it's growing. So uh, it's not bad now. You can, uh, as if you're watching uh, online, if you, if you turn sideways, you can see the sprouts a little bit on the sides. But, uh, you know, the top looks great as ever. But uh, it's it's when the sides and the back really start to, to become plush. That's when it's uh, it's not going to be great at all. I've uh, got a lot of text to get to. 833 401 1440. Hey, guys, uh, I was disappointed to hear the backpedaling of media with Bouchard. He made two, if not three, glaring lazy plays that directly resulted in goals. It doesn't have to be a shutdown guy. It's, it's a basic, simple play. Don't be lazy, period. Yeah, he's going to be uh, scoring out there, but he's got to play with some urgency. In May, when this same play happens, are you and Speck going to be laughing and saying he got us 13 points in the playoffs? Stop with the baby hands on Bouchard. He needs to play with urgency, or what is the point of having him out there? From uh, CB Radio Guy. Uh, well, first of all, there's no backtracking on Bouchard. So Bouchard for the second goal, I'm not sure which three goals you're talking about. He was only on the ice for two and one wasn't, one was Ekholm's issue. So the one second goal, that one is on Bouchard. I would agree with you. Other plays that you don't like that don't result in goals. I can't rip on that more than a guy who makes three good plays that lead directly to goals. You can't do it. To me, that's bad analysis. It's being blinded by what I do. I'm only focusing more on what I don't like rather than the plays that were made that are good. And so to me, I try to, when I analyze a player, and trust me, I've ripped on Bouchard lots this year. I have no problem doing it when it's warranted. But last night, his good outweighed the bad. I agree with you that if the bad happens in the playoffs, it's not going to be good. But that's why I said, hey, Evan Bouchard, I don't ever expect him to be a lockdown guy. I said, play like he did in the playoffs. I thought I said that. But t- today wasn't a day to rally on and rip on Bouchard negatively. Because Bouchard was a catalyst to them coming back. Right? He was a big catalyst for it. And so while he made some plays that didn't result in goals against, he made three direct plays that resulted in goals for. That has to outweigh it. You can't be like, well, I hate Bouchard, so every time he makes a play, well, now I'm going to hate him even more. 
Yeah, but if he makes good plays, that doesn't matter. That's you, know, you can do it as a fan, but I can't do that as an analyst. I don't think it's fair to the player. You can't just, well, he made a bad play, so that counts 10 times. He made a good play, well, that one only counts one time. No, no, it doesn't work that way. So last night, Bouchard, the good outweighed the bad. We all know what the bad is. It's frustrating. I would agree wholeheartedly with that. But last night, Bouchard's positive plays in key moments that led directly to wins were more for last night. They were, right? His his assists on goal is a major part of it. So that matters more to me last night. Uh, the other thing is Bouchard can't play like you want in May and June every night in the regular season. It's not going to happen. Right? It's impossible to play at the same playoff intensity. Last year, I was impressed by his playoff intensity. So I hope he can show it again. But I would like to see a gradual build where there's fewer games where Bouchard has the head-scratching plays. There'll always be some because that's just who he is as a player. I'm, and, I, and I've kind of come to that, so I can't freak out every time. But the one thing you're seeing is, man, when he makes good plays, he can be a difference maker. So hopefully he makes more of those. And and you just hope that the bad ones are uh, are minimal for him. On behalf of Connor, all of our guests today, Terry Ryan, if you missed any of the show, go to jasongregor.com. All the inter- individual interviews are there. You can get the podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, you name it. It's there. Let's get to the con man on a Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Good night. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? UVX10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's EUFY.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best in class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.